That's why. There we go. There we go. Now you can hear me. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Glad to hear at least three of you are doing good. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know me, though I assume at this point most people do know me, uh, I am Ian Somerville. I'm one of the pastors here in Journey. It's one of the things I get a privilege to do in life, uh, to be part of this life-giving church and to, to serve and to, uh, to be part of the ministry here. Uh, there's lots of other things I do with my life as well. Most important of which uh, he's probably in crash right now, which where Jonah's little son. Uh, for those of you who are not involved in our story, Jill and I adopted a little boy from Thailand in uh, November time, and we've been uh, sort of getting used to a very different life uh, with a two-year-old just dropped into our family, which is great fun. And uh, my lovely wife is actually with him in crash right now. Uh, I took him up, if you noticed, I did, if anybody was paying attention, I took him up, but uh, he wouldn't let me leave, so Jill had to come and kindly release me, so, parented, it's great. Also, you'll see, if you see me having sort of one little eye on the screen every so often, I'm just looking to make sure his number hasn't come up there, which means he's in complete meltdown, and, well, there's not much I can do about it, I'm up here, so, but parents notice these things, so. We're going to try something a little bit different this morning, uh, this is our Ecclesia series, um, now, anybody who was listening to uh, John for the last couple of weeks, John told us what Ecclesia meant, uh, and it basically is the church gathered, okay? So this right here is Ecclesia happening. We are the church gathered here this morning. I'm going to talk a bit about that, and over the past couple of weeks, John has talked about our mission, our uh, raison d'etre, our reason for existing, why we do what we do in Journey Community Church. So I'm going to do something slightly different this morning, and it involves you getting out your phones. So uh, seamlessly, if my computer is airplane properly, uh, a QR code is going to appear on the screen, as if by magic. At least I hope I'm air serving properly. Somebody can give me a thumbs up. It should come to the screen very shortly. I definitely am air serving. This is great when you've got to rely on technology and you, you take a risk. Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. So uh, there's a QR code here, and I want you to scan the QR code. I'll not let you do very much right now. If you're like, I've no idea what a QR code is. I've no idea how this works. You can just go to www.menti.com and type in that code 45107407. This also works if you're at home. If you're watching live at home, you can participate in this too. Uh, I can see just as I kind of talk and let that go, lots of people are logging in. You will just get a screen that says... Uh, very little at the minute, okay, instructions. It says the word instructions, I think, but there's, there's nothing else there for you to do. So I'll wait a minute till you all get sorted out with that. Um, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pose you two questions, all right? So I'm going to let you know what those two questions are, first of all, and then we'll skip to the questions in a moment. So you can kind of be thinking about them as you get logged on there. The first question is this, okay? What three things do you love most about church? What are your three favorite things about church? Okay, that's going to be the first question. And what's going to happen is as you get put in your answers and submit, we're going to get a big word cloud up on the screen that's kind of going to show, uh, like the bigger the word, the more people have said that word. Does that make sense? Okay, so the smaller the word, the less people have said that thing. Um, so you can be thinking about that. And the second question, and I told John Ash I was going to do this last night, and he said, oh, that's brave. So you know when your senior pastor says that you're doing something brave, it maybe isn't a great idea. But the second question I'm going to ask you is, if there was one thing that you could change 
about church, what would it be? And it's not going to appear as a word cloud. It's going to kind of scroll up the screen. Uh, we're going to see like everybody's answers coming up all together. So I'll be probably watching my screen to see some of those and I can pause and get on. Uh, is anybody struggling to get logged on? Yeah. So go to www.menti.com. Just go into Safari or Chrome or whatever on your phone. If you go to that and just type in that code 45107407 and that'll get you logged on. I can see that I've got like 62, 63-ish people logged on there now. Is there anybody that's desperate to get logged on and you can't get logged on? Okay, there's 64 people now, so there's somebody else that's managed to get there. Do you need another minute? Hands up if you need another minute. Okay, some people need another minute. That's okay. That's okay. We'll wait. <laughs> but once we're like, oh, we're up to 70 now. That's good. There's lots more than 70 people here. 72. You got your phones? Uh, if you don't have your phone, you can't take part. I mean, who doesn't bring their phone to church? I mean, come on. Right, okay. So there's some people who don't have their phones. You can shout out your answers when you see these. So here's our first question What are your favorite things about church? Give me three things. Okay, give me your three things. And as you click submit, the words will start appearing as if by magic in our word cloud. Okay, so here we go. Big screen, great. Community, worship, look, look, look at it making a word cloud. Okay, yeah, this is good. Okay, so community's a big one so far. Worship's a big one. Uh, yeah, oh wow. Now, I should have said this as well. There is a profanity filter. Okay, there is a profanity filter. And that's important, okay, because I know what you're like, all right? I, I know, well, I know what some of you are like, all right? So there is a profanity filter. Okay, wow. <laughs> Here we go. That's good. I'm, I'm glad certain ones of those are getting smaller. Um, so what have we got here? <sighs> I predicted, I should have given you my predictions first, I predicted the two biggest things would be worship and community. And look what's bang on right in the center, worship and community. Uh, absolutely. Other things that we notice there, family. There's another word that we use in church a lot, family. Uh, fellowship, music. Uh, there's the word Ian Somerville spelt in several different ways there. Um, that's a bit strange, I have to be honest. Uh, I'd say that's one of my least favorite things about churches, Ian Somerville. Uh, you've got uh, all coming together, intercession, Holy Spirit, gifts. Uh, fellowship's quite strong in there. Friends, teaching, uh, belonging. There's a good one. Um, people, community, worship, Holy Spirit, the word, bang right down the center. What about that? Okay. So it would appear we've got a relatively healthy idea of what church is all about. Okay, um, I would say if you did this in different church contexts and different traditions, you may well get different words there that will be coming forward as the main ones. But certainly here in Journey, those are things that we value really, really highly. Okay, so we've, we've been nice and positive. Now let's have a think. This is our second slide. If you could change one thing about church, what would it be? Now, you don't need to log in again. Your phone should just move on with this one. Okay. <laughs> again, there is a profanity filter, but it uh, didn't stop all these answers. Hotter, hotter pastors. Yeah, I think we could do with hotter pastors too. Um, what have we got here? This will start scrolling now as people put stuff in. Bring back breakfast. Oh, wow. There's a good one. Uh, 
Nothing. I like that one. Seats, okay. Uh, see, this is the thing. I would need to know who the, said that to unpick that. Are the seats too hard? Are they too soft? Are they, like, what way do we need to change the seats? Uh, abuse from leadership. I hope that's just church in general and not from here. Um, but who knows? Hotter pastors is coming in there quite a lot. Okay. Some of y'all need some TV. Um, more volunteers. Yeah, absolutely. More volunteers. Uh, will we see chances to volunteer? So those two things kind of go hand in hand there. That's good. Um, bigger, louder guitars. That's definitely a guitarist put that in. Um, seats. Change the seats yet. Seat, our seats aren't popular. Is it the color? Maybe it's the color. They're not comfortable. Okay. More comfortable seats. Uh, we'll talk about being comfortable in church later. Um, <clears throat> Needs more diversity and inclusivity. Absolutely. Amen to that. Uh, hotter pastors again. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a wee bit vindicated here. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can. Um, <clears throat> the word. Okay. Excellent. Uh, the bad reputation of church. I assume again, that's church in general, but maybe us too. Uh, floor space. Yeah. More healings. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good one. John Ash. I did see a John Ash appear there. That's good. And this is anonymous, of course. I have no idea who's saying these. Shorter sermons. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I predicted that one as well. Drinks after church, more, more pink. Now, that has to be somebody who works in Margot Mays. Has to be. Uh, or somebody who's, uh, it came up in pink as well. Do you notice that? That's clever. Um, hearing the word of the Lord. Uh, more sessions than just Sunday morning. Absolutely, yeah, okay. Breakfast, nothing, more tattooed folk. Again, yeah, uh, good. Uh, recliners, recliners, great. Okay, um, wow. So um, I'm going to give us like 10 more seconds. If there's something you desperately want to put in there, um, I'm going to save this and email this all to Jonas. More Americans. That's, uh, change clicky groups, absolutely, yeah. Uh, there we go. Okay, so I am going to end that presentation there. Ian Somerville. Yeah, spelt wrong, by the way. Who ever put that in? Uh, so uh, you can knock the, I'm going to knock my, my uh, I'm going to knock my uh, laptop off the air server here and then go to my notes. Yeah, there we go. 100%. Thank you very much. Um, so, well, who says we don't take risks in church? Uh, that was a good risk. Um, uh, I like taking risks. I'm, I'm a risk taker. Uh, but I hope from that we can see a couple of things. Number one, uh, that there are some common threads in what we love about church. There's also some common threads in what we don't love about church. And also, this is not the perfect church. Uh, I know that for a fact because I'm here. And I make it instantly not a perfect church. And you should know it too because you're here. And you also make it instantly not a perfect church. It's the old adage, if you find the perfect church, don't join it because that'll be it finished. So, um, we are going to take a look at a few things here this morning to do with church. Uh, and I'm going to do, a, a, sometimes using words like this doesn't help, but I'm going to use the word apologetics, okay? That doesn't mean I'm going to get up here and apologize 
for what we do in church, okay? The word apologetics, and this is going to be apologetics light. For any theology students out there, if there's anybody who's boring like me and loves reading books that are hundreds of years old and like the dustier the book, the better, and going over and sort of really digging into theology, you'll probably have encountered the realm of apologetics uh, many times over the years. And it's where we have a defense or give the reasons why we do something, okay? And for me, I'm going to fire up a scripture here. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. We'll, we'll, we'll read this together. You can get your Bibles out, or if your phones are out there already, you can fire into that. That's, that, that's the participation bit of the survey. The surveys are done, but there's still participation, all right? So you still need your Bible out. And still take a look at this with me. So 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 15 says this. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always, say always, being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, notice it says when, it doesn't say you might be, it says when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Okay, there's a lot in here, and I'm not going to unpack this uh, entire scripture this morning. Um, but there's a couple of things I want us to take kind of stock off there. Firstly, as Christians, we should be carriers of hope. Okay? We should be carriers of hope. Now, that doesn't mean we're always happy, clappy, uh, we are not in the real world and ignoring our problems and ignoring life around us, but we should have hope. Okay? So if you've come this morning and you don't have hope, that's okay. Because when we come into a church like ours, there's enough hope going around that we can give you some hope. Okay? If you come here this morning and you're in a hopeless situation, we are going to pray for you, we're going to love you, and we're going to help you through that. Just come chat to us. We have great systems, we have great things in place here to help people who are in a hopeless situation get back to having some hope, okay? That's what the church is about, okay? The church, Ecclesia, gathered, we come together, and my hope stirs your hope, and your st hope stirs my hope, and we have hope together. We should have hope. The second thing we notice here is that we should be able to defend our hope, be able to tell people why we've got a hope. Now, there are two important words here that Peter uses, with gentleness and respect. You see, Christians have done this really badly for a long time. We have defended what we believed. We've told everybody we disagree with that. We disagree with gay marriage. We disagree with abortion. We disagree with any other hot button issue that you can come to name. But we don't always do it with gentleness and respect. And that's where we've been wrong as a church. You can be absolutely right. You can win the argument. But you can actually absolutely be biblically wrong in that you haven't been gentle and you haven't given respect and love and hope. So when we come to defend these things, we are visceral 
in what we believe in this church. We believe passionately in traditional marriage. We believe passionately we are a pro-life church. We do we love and minister to people who've been through horrible situations where they've had abortions but we, we, and we love those people and we accept anybody into this church but we are a pro-life church we absolutely believe in the sanctity of life and uh, we will defend that but we will defend it with gentleness and respect because we love every person who comes through that door we love every person that we meet we love every person that we encounter even when it's difficult so we have a defense, we should know what we believe, and we should be able to defend it, okay? We should have a hope. Also, we need to do it with gentleness and respect. Now, I'm not going to go in, there's a whole lot I could go into in the second half of that scripture uh, about it being better to be sort of persecuted for doing good than doing evil, uh, but we're, I'm, I'm not going to delve into that too much. But we are going to look, and I'm going to do, as I say, it's apologetics light. I'm not going to be delving into this so deep that like only three theologians in the room are going to get it. We're going to do apologetics light here, but I am going to point you towards two things that we do in church, if I, if, if I have time to do that. Uh, I'm going to look at our outreach model briefly. I'm going to give you a really biblical grounding into why we do outreach the way we do. And then I'm going to look at worship. I know, yes, absolutely, worship person talking about worship. And I know it's a cliche, but there's some things I want us to get about worship this morning. So the first thing, we're going to look at our outreach model. Um, we say the phrase all the time, and you'll have heard John say it. In fact, if you were here last week or you watched online, you will have heard John say this last week. Good works lead to goodwill, which paves the way for good news. All right? So that's a cool wee axiom that tells you everything you need to know about outreach here and journey. But we didn't come up with it. All right? Okay, as with the best things, uh, you beg, steal, and borrow in church the good things that fit with what you're doing. That was an axiom, actually, that uh, a guy called Ray Hughes in a big church in California uh, called Bayside came up with. And it was the model that they went after in their evangelism. And it's taken from Acts 2. So let, let's, let's take a little look at Acts 2. And I know John said that last week, but when John said it last week, I was like, I really want to dig into that a bit. Because just saying, oh, it comes from Acts 2, that doesn't make an awful lot of sense unless we actually look at this together. So take a look at, me, look at this with me. We're going to go to Acts 2, verse 45 to 47. So three verses here. Uh, and this is, this is where we get this concept from. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing all the, proceed, uh, the proceedings to all as they had any need. And that simply means they went out, they sold their stuff, the money that they got, they gave away to anybody who needed it. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. <laughs> who wants a glad and generous heart? Come on. I think some of us need a heart transplant this morning. I know I do. It's not always easy to be glad and generous of heart, but that's what we're after. And praising God and having favor with all the people. And that's a really important phrase. Having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Good works. Going out, selling your stuff, giving the money away. Leads to goodwill. Favor with all the people, which paves the way for people to get saved, to preach the gospel, and to uh, just see the kingdom grow. That's what we follow. So when you see us do an Easter egg drop, 
on Easter Saturday, and we go out and we give out 20,000 Easter eggs to our community. And nobody stands up and goes, you need to be saved. Okay? We get a lot of criticism for that. We don't put any tracks in our little bags. We get a lot of criticism for that. There's a reason why. Because we are here for no other reason but to bless our town. We are here to bless Antrim. We're here to make Antrim a better place. There are enough churches that make Antrim a slightly gloomier place. We are here to make Antrim a better place, to serve and to love the people in our community. Because here's what happens. You do those things and people are left. You remember all of these acts are a link in a chain. Okay, all of these acts are linking a chain. We do those things for no other reason than to bless our community, but people go, yeah, that church isn't like other churches. Those believers, actually, they did something good for me. My kids had a really amazing Easter Saturday that we couldn't have afforded to do anything at. My kids had a really amazing experience. At, do you know, that church, maybe Christians aren't all bad. And then what happens is you get that goodwill, and then the next time, maybe John's down the town, maybe you're down the town, and you bump into somebody and they go, hey, you're the person, that I, I was chatting to you at that Easter egg drop. Yeah, and you get to share another little bit of the story. And what you find is because people have had an experience of church that wasn't awful, that wasn't judgmental, that wasn't we want to keep you at arm's length, they're receptive to hear what you've got to say. Good works to goodwill, and that earns us the right to actually preach the gospel with far more effect than if I just go and stand in the street corner. Now, listen, I love preaching the gospel. There's nothing I love more than preaching the gospel and seeing people saved. That is at the core of everything that we do in Journey. There is evangelism. Like At the end of the day, John is an apostle, but there's a big part of John's heart as the evangelist. And that is part of our DNA as a church. We want to see people saved. We want to see people won into the kingdom. But we have found a model that works slightly differently. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. So when you see us doing other things, I, I kind of listed some of the crazy things we've done over the years. Does anybody remember the baby raves? Okay, all, all the staff, but yeah, baby raves. So we did, at Halloween, we did, uh, a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, we did a baby rave where uh, basically put on music lights and it was in the Castle Street uh, shopping, uh, shopping center, uh, or not Castle Street, the Castle Mall, okay. It's terrible, I'm just getting my own places wrong. But Castle Mall, we took a, took a building, or took a, a lot there for the morning and set it up as a baby rave. And people came and dropped their kids off and they danced and they had fun. And it was amazing. Uh, but uh, we did it in partnership with our council, which is amazing. Just stop and think about that a second. We get to do, we, we actually have a council here that love us because we do stuff to bless our community. So we did it in partnership with them and they branded it as a big Halloween thing with witches and pumpkins all over it. And we had to ask them very politely, could we please uh, change that or take our names off it? We're happy to do it and serve it, uh, but we don't really want to be branded with witches and uh, Halloween things. Um, but we've done some crazy things like that. Uh, obviously, who's been part of our Impact Antrim, and as we've now kind of rebranded it, I Heart Antrim, who's been part of those over the years? What a great opportunity just to go into all the parts of our town and to love it 
and to have fun and to put up bouncy castles and to run the craziest kids week that has ever been, um, uh, which is going to be amazing in here. I can already, I already have shudders in my spine thinking of picking up the glitter and everything off the carpet. Um, who remembers years and years ago, and I know Rachel Ash will remember this, but when we, did, we used to do a kids club in the, uh, in the cinema. Does anybody remember that? Was anybody at those events or kids at those events? I still have like PTSD of picking up the popcorn after that when we put, used to put on things for them. That was, that was madness. But we've done all these crazy things over the years. A lot of people think we're nuts and a lot of the community don't love us. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that we have reached through this model that, that other churches just aren't, aren't able to reach because good works lead to goodwill which paves the way for good news. So I just want to give us a biblical foundation for what we're actually doing there when we do that. Then the second thing I want to take a look at, and I'm looking at my time and going, I have no time to do this, but I've done a John Ash this morning. I've spent far too long on the kind of uh, fluffy bit there at the start with all the word clouds and things. And I, I have, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've not left myself enough time for this. But the good news is you have me next week, which means there's not going to be anybody here now that I've said that. You have me next week and I'm going to, I'll unpick whatever I haven't managed to get to this week and maybe clean up where, where I've got to. So I'm going to say something really controversial. So if there are any heresy hunters at home who are watching this and you, you, you want a second just to get ready to, to press record uh, so you can take one line out of this sermon and have it completely out of context, now's your moment. Okay, I'll give a wee pause even after after I've said it, just so that you can, just, just give you a nice clean cut, and then you can put it over your, your, your scary music and put it in black and white and uh, all, all those things. Anybody ever watch any heresy hunting videos? Oh, they're class, I love them. Oh, pray for heresy hunters, they need to know the love of Jesus, okay. Um, so I'm going to say something controversial, uh, and it's this. I, and before I say it, Again, I need to give the heresy hunters time to get ready to press record. Um, before I say this, it's not as bad as it sounds, all right? Okay, so here we go. I don't go to church to worship Jesus. Okay, there we go, heresy hunters. Thank I give you a wee break so you can just cut that nicely. Okay, hear me out. It's genuinely not as bad as it sounds. Anyone can worship Jesus anywhere at any time. If you go in and you see the story with Jesus encountering the Samaritan uh, uh, lady and he says, you know, true worshippers, the time is coming and is now here when true worshippers worship in spirit and truth everywhere, okay? We get to worship Jesus anywhere and everywhere. We don't need a special building. We don't need a special time. We don't need to have to come to church to do this. See, people have this idea, we come into God's presence in the church and when we go out of church, we're leaving God's presence again. That's complete nonsense, okay? Since the day of Pentecost, all believers have had access to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. We have that presence of God with us all the time. That means that every act of our lives, whether it's alone or in company, can, and dare I say should be, an act of worship. Now, having said that, I'm still going to go to church every weekend, every Sunday, and several times during the week, and I would do those things whether I was a pastor here or not, because there is something about coming together in church. I don't go to worship Jesus 
but I do go to church to worship Jesus with other people. Okay? See, I told you it wasn't as bad as it sounded. And the heresy hunters won't, won't pay any attention to this, but they just make the nice wee snippet. I don't go to worship, I don't go to church to worship Jesus. I go to worship Jesus with you. I go to church to worship Jesus with you. And you come to church to worship Jesus with everybody else that's here. You see, I need to worship Jesus alongside people that I know and people that I don't know, alongside people that know me, alongside people who I share my life with. And who knows, we do not share our lives equally with everybody in church, okay? Um, Danny Silk talks about the circles that you, you kind of live in. And like those people who are in your tight circle, like John Ash phones me up three o'clock in the morning, he needs me for something, I'll be there. Not everybody's getting my phone number, all right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We have healthy boundaries within that. Not everybody should have the same access to you, and it's perfectly okay. That's normal. In fact, you shouldn't be trying to have everybody have access to you all the time. All right, so there's people you share your life with. There's people that we have common beliefs with, and we want to worship together. Also, I want to come to church and worship together with people who disagree with me. I want to come and sit beside people, usually my wife, and when I disagree with my wife, I'm wrong, okay? You do, okay? I do know that. But I want to come and sit beside people I disagree with and worship Jesus alongside them. I want to come and worship Jesus along people who I need to love anyway. And I want people to be able to worship beside me who need to love me anyway. This is church. This is ecclesia. This is church gathered. Your week should be full of worship. Everything that you do, your job, looking after your family, your kids, how you treat that shop uh, person that you want to be rude to because the till hasn't moved as quickly as you would like it to. Those moments should actually be acts of worship. That when we come together, we take all of our week's wins and we take all of our week's failures and we come and we worship together beside other people who've had amazing weeks and who've had terrible weeks and everything in between and that's what the church is supposed to do because in those moments what happens is if I'm not feeling particularly hopeful and I'm not feeling particularly full of faith there's something stirs in my soul when we worship together that reminds me how good God is that reminds me what he means to me and that stirs me to go okay I'm going to give a sacrifice of praise and I'm going to worship my Lord and my King in this place this morning. See, there's something about coming together as the church. And you see, you can come to church and there's no guarantee that you'll actually be part of a godly community and actually sort of be accountable to each other and actually be in fellowship. But if you don't come to church, you can absolutely guarantee that that won't happen in your life. Now, some of the things that I noticed from this morning, no clicky groups. We don't want that. We want to get rid of clicky groups. Absolutely. There will be people who you're naturally more drawn to. And you know what? That's okay. But as a church, we aim to be, we don't always win in this area. No, no group of people ever is. But we aim to be open and inclusive. And, you know, if you need something from us, you only have to put up your hand and say, hey, could I have a bit of help? Or, you know, you've got to reach out. This does work both ways. Now, that's not an excuse for bad pastoral care, okay? 
Uh, I'm not giving an excuse for bad pastoral care. Um, pastoral care is one of the things in journey that we have high on our agenda to stir up and to move in, okay? Uh, we are really praying about pastoral care at the minute and really trying to invest in that because who knows? I need pastored. You need pastored. Everybody actually needs that in their lives to be looked after because things don't always go smooth. Things don't always be easy in life and we do need that uh, community around us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the worship team to come back and we're going to take a look next week at what happens when we worship together a little bit deeper. I'm going to give some more apologetics into that. And we're going to look at a particular biblical narrative, a particular biblical story that really, for me, opens this up. But I'm going to save that for next week. What we're going to do now is we're going to do something to acknowledge the fact that we need each other. So would you stand up? And I want you to take a look around the room, people beside you, And you can have a giggle at them if you like. John Ash would always say in this moment, if you particularly like them and you're single and they're single, get their phone number. <laughs> okay. But um, to the people beside you and to the people who aren't here because there's people down in Down Patrick that we're connected to. There's people down uh, at home who can't, come for lots of different reasons. To all the people who are here and all the people who aren't, we are together here in Journey and connected to each other. We actually, I need you, you need me, we all need the people who are here with us. And as we sing this last song, as we worship together, I want you just to take all of your stuff from the week that was good, that was bad, that was ugly, and that's just given amazing Focus on Jesus, and let's just give an amazing song to the Lord before we leave here this morning of just sacrifice of worship and praise and allow that hope that we're supposed to carry just to stir up. And if you need hope, if you're in here this morning, you're like, Ian, I'm done. I have no hope. I actually, I, I don't even know how I'm going to get through the week. Well, the prayer ministry team are going to be up here at the end of the service and we can close out. Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching you. Nobody cares. Come up and get some prayer if you need it. All right? Love you guys. That's worship.